Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an update on the Canadian Food Grains Bank Harvest Projects. Also, we'll chat with the chair of the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef and Wasco. Up first in today's country comment, Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance will stop by. Give us an update on the corn and sunflower harvest. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance to give us an update on the sunflower and corn harvests. A lot of corn has gotten off in the last week. Um, I believe that the last time I checked on the Manitoba corn or crop report was a week ago, and we were about 40% done corn in central area, so the valley, um, expanded area, obviously. And I would estimate that in the last week, we've probably gotten at least another 20% off since it was such an easy open week. Um, So progress has been very great and and steady for this time of year. So I think a lot of producers are quite happy with how it's been going. Um, The grain that's coming off is looking pretty good. It looks like we have heavy bushel weights this year for whatever reason. There's some areas that are a little bit lighter, but generally I'm hearing about heavier bushel weights, which actually we think may have been a result of those late August rains, perhaps, and the the plants might have just um, sort of grabbed everything they could get at that that time and and filled the grain um, above what normal bushel weight is. So um, according, like, I guess for that last summer rain that we got, that may have been more beneficial than we thought it could have been. Um, the rains this past weekend, though, aren't really slowing anything down. Um, lots of guys still traveling on on fields, and and the cobs are wet. They're holding moisture, so um, that may slow things down a little bit. But otherwise. That rain won't have impacted us too much. It's this next rain that I think is going to have a greater impact if we get an inch or an inch and a half. Do you anticipate um, more drying now that we're getting some of this rain? Or Yeah, it'll definitely slow the drying process down. Of course, with the additional cold temperatures, it's not going to help anything. Last week was amazing drying weather. Um, so, yeah, the grain or the husks holding holding moisture, possibly like the actual cob um, that's within the grain will hold moisture so that'll make combining just a little bit tougher and of course the plants as well um, I expect that will slow slow drying down but um, grain moisture won't be affected What have you been hearing for uh, yield so far? All over the place still oh, the yields have been um, higher than I expected too, whether that's because I'm just not hearing the lower numbers, um, but you know, it's hard to give an average because they're so all over the place. But um, when a producer may have expected to average 100 across his farm, he might be getting 115 or 120. So respectable yields um, with with good prices and hopefully good contracts. So very positive for what we were expecting. And for the um, sunflower harvest, uh, how, how are things going there? It's going quickly, I think, right now. Um, some producers um, insist on getting their sunflowers done before corn, and some insist on doing it afterwards. So it's just a matter of 
of timing for both of those if they have both crops, of course. But um, yields have been really great. Um, not not record, but there's some fields that have gone record for that producer, um, but very good yields um, as well. Maybe, I'm not sure if seed size, seed size is going to be um, a possible thing or seed weight, but uh, yields are really great for 2021. How's the timing here? I mean, October 12th, uh, is this quite early to, to be at this point? or? Yeah, yeah, we're early. Normally, I expect corn harvest to start the first week of October. So um, a lot got done the first week of October, but October 5th is like a number that I put in my, my brain that a lot of guys are going by that point. Um, but then it stretches out so long because temperatures are colder, um, just different conditions, more rain maybe in during harvest, but it's just going so quickly right now. And maybe it's because of slightly smaller yields, but you know, no, no 200s, but they're more consistently in the one, 120 to 140-ish range that it's just going a little bit quicker and drier. Like it's not, I don't know, there's, there's really dry grain out there and then there's high 20% moisture grain out there. So it's really all over. That was Morgan Codd, agronomy specialist with the Manitoba Crop Alliance, updating us on the corn and sunflower harvests. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Keystone Agricultural Producers is encouraging farmers to talk directly with their grain buyers if contract fulfillment becomes an issue. Here's CAP President Bill Campbell. You know, I think everybody's aware of the uh, impact that the drought has had with regards to crop production. We have seen a trend towards uh, forward pricing and grain contracts for guaranteed delivery uh, at harvest time and also for cash flow reasons as well. But the drought has really impacted the production level of certain commodities. It's left a, a lot of producers and grain merchants in a very tight position CAP is planning to host a crop marketing seminar to help producers understand their options and obligations. It's been an unusually warm harvest season. Cassandra Kochik is a production specialist with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. We're seeing a lot of regrowth of crops that have already been harvested. We've actually got situations where there's bolting and flowering canola. So in these situations, it's good to be aware that these actively growing crops, including actively growing weeds that are out there, they are using soil moisture. We had a lot of drought conditions this year. So I think for farmers to be aware that those plants are using that soil moisture, uh, it might be a good idea to actually desiccate and get rid of those actively growing plants to help conserve some soil moisture heading into the winter. And the Canadian Federation of Agriculture has announced that Farm Credit Canada and the Ontario Federation of Agriculture have both made substantial contributions to the Hay West 2021 initiative to help cover the shipping costs to send hay to drought-stricken farmers in the prairie provinces. The OFA has contributed $50,000 to the initiative, while FCC has contributed $25,000. All proceeds from donations go directly to paying the shipping costs for moving hay across Canada and for logistical support. CFA currently has tens of thousands of bales of hay to be sent to the prairie provinces, but the demand for hay is still extremely high and more is needed. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, October 13th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the chair of the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef.
Walmart Canada will purchase the largest known quantity of beef from certified sustainable Canadian farms and ranches ever sourced by a single retailer. 1.5 million pounds of beef sourced from Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef Certified Farms and Ranches will be purchased by Walmart over the next calendar year. And Wasco is chair of the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. It was a big announcement just simply because of the size of Walmart in terms of retailers here in Canada for for beef sales. So a big commitment as well in terms of uh, what they've suggested uh, they're they're doing now, but also the intent to grow it year over year. So it's uh, it it looks like a certainly a, a big a big deal in terms of sustainable beef, certified sustainable beef here in Canada. Was Walmart uh, purchasing um, sustainable beef before this point, or? Yes, if you remember last in the spring, um, I believe they uh, they did start with um, uh, one of their um, beef patty line called Your Fresh Market. Uh, so they did start with uh, sourcing um, certified sustainable beef for that program, and but this is certainly kind of a, a very big, large um, package announcement in terms of. Uh, uh, a large number. The uh, 1.5 million pounds over the next calendar year, I guess, just talk a bit more about what, what that'll mean for uh, for farmers in, in Canada. Well, it shows that commitment. I mean, we continue to hear um, that uh, this is what consumers are asking for, or simply they're asking more questions about how beef is being raised and uh, and all those things in terms of the production parts of our sector. And so it shows that um, you know, a retailer much closer to the consumer than, than we are as producers is, uh, is latching on to that message and, and going out to source beef to, uh, to help answer some of those questions that consumers are asking. So I, I think that's a, a great signal for, for producers. Uh, demand, um, certainly we hear it's outpacing the supply of certified sustainable beef. So, again, that should, uh, the message should also come back loud and clear to producers in that regard. Are there other retailers who are on board or, or who you're hoping well, will come on board in the future? Yeah, certainly last last year, or December, I guess it was, not even a year ago, uh, Loblaws also announced a big purchase of, of a million pounds back then. So uh, it's it, those are always big announcements. And, of course, we have eight uh, other companies in terms of food service and uh and restaurants, basically full-serve restaurants that have also signed up. But Loblaws is the other one that uh, has has previously announced a commitment. Just talk a little bit more about about the uh, Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. Well, first of all, the, the CRSB is, the reason it was set up was to, to get everyone in the supply chain um, that was interested in talking about beef sustainability together uh, and all discussing the topics, uh, as we call it, collaboratively and multi-stakeholder uh, focused so that uh, different parts weren't off having different discussions on their own as to what that should look like. So right from producers, right through uh, processors, end users, uh, and, and anybody in that supply chain or that's interested in the discussion for beef sustainability and moving it forward. So that's, that's who we are, what we do. Um, we also um, put together this program, um, the, the Certified Sustainable Program, in terms of a, a way that these end users could source beef and, and provide that message to their consumers at the end of the day in terms of uh, the story behind beef sustainability. 
That was Anne Wasco. She's the chair of the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Food Grains Bank invites you to a virtual Singing in the Grain concert this Saturday starting at 8 o'clock. Go to their website for more information. Manitoba Beef Producers Fall District Meetings start October 19th. Go to the Beef Producers website for more information. The Cap Fall Advisory Council meeting takes place via Zoom October 20th. That starts at 9 a.m. Go to the Cap website for more information. Egg in Motion presents a post-harvest information session October 20th. Topics include storing grain options, winter equipment decisions, and more. Visit the Egg in Motion website. And Manitoba Egg X is set for October 27th to the 30th at the Keystone Center in Brandon. You can check the Provincial Exhibition website for up-to-date information. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, Harvest has wrapped up for the Canadian Food Grains Bank here in Manitoba. Here's regional rep Gordon Jansen. I think right now I can say that um, all of our growing projects have uh, completed their, their field harvest. So, uh, so that's good. Uh, this year we had, we had, I think it was 38 active growing projects across the province. And so, uh, so we were really, uh, really glad, uh, glad for that, even, even with a more difficult growing season. You guys had one field of sunflowers as well? Yeah, th- well, there were, uh, there were a couple of fields of sunflowers in different projects, uh, but uh, maybe one of them that you were uh, noting there was uh, on the number one highway, the Focus Group, which is around the Portage La Prairie area and out to McGregor, near McGregor, the, uh, they had a field of sunflowers. And uh, it was the Taves family, and they had invited people to take selfies to, uh, at the field when it was blooming. That was earlier in the season, and last week they, they harvested that field. Right, yeah. and um, I guess overall, uh, how, how did the crops turn out here this year? Oh, there was a, yeah, there was a real uh, variation in, in yield uh, across the province, and I think we've seen that uh, across the agriculture sector, that uh, depending on rainfall, which was very spotty uh, throughout the growing season, depending on that, uh, the yields varied a lot. There were some some uh, projects that that had good that they had good yields, uh, uh, close to um, average and maybe even better. But many more of them were uh, below average, and and some were had a poor yields. Yeah. And uh, you know, we talked about sunflowers. What were some of the uh, other crops that were grown? Well, mostly we we have. Uh, we have wheat, and uh, that's one of the major ones: wheat and, and canola and soybeans. Those are the, the those are the major major ones. Uh, but we also had some some sunflowers, um, and and also there's there's corn. Uh, a, a couple of the projects had had corn, and I know that there's some individual supporters who are still. Is still harvesting their corn. You know, you mentioned some lower yields, but um, 
with some of these higher prices, is that something that you know can kind of make up for that? Or? Yes, uh, that that's um, kind of a, a strange effect with the um, the lower yields, and yet the good prices uh, for many of the crops will make up a lot of uh, a lot of difference in terms of the amount that they generate and the donations to the food grains bank. So it's unclear right now uh, how that will affect the donations to the food grains bank through the growing projects. Uh, right now, uh, actually, uh, with the growing projects, we're uh, slightly above where we are, were in terms of the donations uh, last year. But the bulk of those growing projects will report and and send in their contributions later this year. So, um, so we'll have to see where that, that comes out. That was Gordon Jansen, regional rep for the Canadian Food Grains Bank here in Manitoba, talking about this year's harvest projects. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Some farmers are reporting high nitrate levels in the soil this fall. Cassandra Kochuk is a production specialist with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. The high nitrate levels can pose an issue for your end fixing crops. Ideally, you want to see less than 50 pounds per acre of residual nitrate for pulses and soybeans. So we recommend putting the high end use crops like wheat, canola or corn on the fields with the greatest levels. Uh, When you're considering the end fixing crops on higher nitrate fields, take note of whether they have been grown there recently and if they have nodulated well. And heading into next year, when you're putting these end-fixing crops on those fields, also use inoculant. This year's drought has left some producers without enough grain to fulfill their contracts with grain buyers. Keystone Agricultural Producers is encouraging farmers to talk directly with their grain buyer. Here's President Bill Campbell. Yeah, and that's kind of what we had, um, you know, established early on, is that the grain producer and the grain uh, terminal be open and transparent and talk to one another so that there can be clarity and and what can be done to make sure that there is that continual good relationship because moving forward and next year we still need to be able to have good reliable grain transportation and grain purchasing agreements and so we need to have that strong relationship. CAP is planning to host a crop marketing seminar to help producers understand their options and obligations. And the Manitoba Crop Alliance has received approval to start issuing cash advances on winter wheat and fall rye planted this fall. Under the program, approved farmers are eligible for up to a million dollars with the Government of Canada paying the interest on the first $100,000 of the advance. Manitoba Crop Alliance also continues to process applications for the 2021 program year on over 35 crop kinds and honey. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on CFA's Hey West initiative. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.